right, everybody, welcome to the uh, January 10th and our first 2021 edition of Cascadian News. I've got Dan and Chris with me today. How's everybody doing? Uh, okay, considering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been quite a week. Lots happened uh, since we last talked. The most pressing of which is that the, uh, the MAGA brigade attempted a coup in D.C. on the day of the certification of the electoral votes. The Capitol was stormed and breached. Uh, one Capitol police officer is now dead, um, as well as four of the protesters. Um, the most direct of which, and, and famous of which at this point, because it was caught on video, was a, a young woman um, who was shot in the neck by uh, the protection security detail for the house when they were 10 feet away from an open door uh, while members of the House and the Senate were still evacuating, uh, which was at the point that the security team decided to open fire, um, killing one of the protesters in that barrage. Uh, she was an Air Force veteran, which is something that we're going to talk quite a bit about out because other uh, military and law enforcement members played a big present, uh, had a big presence at the rally. We do have uh, several local angles on that, actually. Um, the president, in a, a now widely publicized video, along with um, members of his family, was seen cheering the protest on at first from a uh, kind of a secure room with a bunch of what I would say are people who should know better around them. Um, am I am I summing this up accurately? Is there anything you guys want to add to this? I think that kind of hits the lowlights, as it were. I mean, we're all still... It, it's hard to wrap our heads around this. This is back... I mean, this is... This is right up there with kind of 9-11 level history in our lifetime that's happening and it's hard to really sum it up with a pithy kind of few statements but just wrapping our heads around the fact that when you get down to it the president tried to have the vice president killed this week he was inciting a mob to go and wreak mayhem on a place where most of our government was performing some pretty basic functions of the transition of power and he was egging them on to more violence. It's very surreal. The try to get them killed is more direct, I think, than many of us um, at first realized. Uh, yeah. it, it wasn't just a protest. That gallows that they set up in front of it with a noose hanging off it, that was functional. That, that wasn't yeah. a prop. Um, there have now been widely circulated videos uh, of people coming through with, with zip ties as if mm -hmm. they were going to be taken hostages, um, it, as if the plan really was to hang Pence and Pelosi. Yeah. Uh, it, that, and the crowd was... More than one report that the crowd was chanting, hang Mike Pence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This 
is just, I mean, this is the stuff that you read about, like, in history, not now, not in Mm -hmm. what we think of as an enlightened liberal democracy. Yeah, it's like, I was just going to say, it's the kind of thing that's both shocking and, as my wife keeps saying, not at all, should not be at all surprising. They've spent literally four years creating the conditions for this. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You know, we've, you know, the metaphor of a boiling frog is pretty apt here, where it's just been steadily turned up, especially through the Trump years, but also probably the half a decade or so before that with the Tea Party. Uh, mm-hmm. Just this extreme and escalating eliminationist rhetoric and violent protest that has finally boiled over into a pretty grotesque act of domestic terrorism. It's uh, the phrase I've used for this for for a while now has been a grief in politics, mm-hmm. animating people through convincing them that they have been harm that they have revenge to take on on someone um and there's scary parallels to a lot of other authoritarian regimes uh throughout history and that that same sort of uh tactic that they use and the easy one to compare is nazi germany turning in enemy number one in order to give all the other germans something rally around a hatred um, and you, you see that same sort of organizing principle animating, really, I think, starting with right-wing talk radio in the, the 80s, slowly becoming more and more and more just the mainstream view of the Republican Party as it metastasizes after that. And, and yeah, Dan, I, I think you pretty much hit the, the nail on the head with the Tea Party movement being one that really broke through in the DC set. Um, mm-hmm. ar- arguably, it, it got its foothold with the contract with America, sort of revolution, I think, when it really became the dominant force. Was the- yeah. The, uh, the officer who was killed, uh, his name was Sicknick. He, there is now video, by the way, of the attack that caused his death. It, it popped up on the internet about two hours ago. Um, he did not die immediately. Uh, he was bludgeoned in the head repeatedly, including at one point by a fire extinguisher. He was able to eventually extract himself from the situation. He came to the precinct and collapsed onto the ground. He was rushed to the hospital. There was some confusion about if he was dead or not for, for quite a while. The, um, the Capitol Police Union, their head had initially come out and that he was dead, and then uh, walked that back uh, in a way that made it seem like he probably met the legal definition of dead. Um, that he was in critical, being kept alive by life support until family can arrive, uh, which makes it sound very much like he was already with them at that point, and they're not just waiting for the one support. Um, Trump resisted. Uh, any attempts to 
put any official sort of honor on the death. Um, he held off. It's now three days. He finally ordered the flags to half staff. Um, also, just about a couple hours ago, right around the time this video came out, um, he has now issued a proclamation, a proclamation ordering U.S. flags to half staff. This was after the Capitol building had already done so two days ago. Um, and it matches what President Clinton did, I want to point out, immediately uh, on the deaths of two Capitol Police officers in And that was just a random gun attack. Yeah, I'm... There are so many aspects of this to talk about. I'm kind of numbed out on which one of them to approach next. Yeah. Um, if we want to like pick a direction, then I'll say they're they're actually getting pretty good at making some arrests. Yeah, that's why yeah. we got started. Yeah, the the FBI is, is swung into pretty much full swing on this. They've been arresting people in multiple states, mostly people who've been seen on social media took pictures and live streamed themselves they caught a few state uh, representatives and state legislatures one of which in West Virginia has resigned I know at this point um, they've been putting up posters uh, with pictures from various bits of social media streams that they they want to arrest people for um, it's I don't know what took them so long I don't know why there wasn't law enforcement at the site, which is, by the way, another angle we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but they, they are finally, it seems, moving fairly swiftly with some arrests, uh, which is heartening. Yeah. I mean, my best guess is at the time it was probably so much chaos and so few police relative to the number of rioters on site that arresting people on mass at the time was probably not going to be something that was easy to do so yeah. they're having to do it after the fact but yeah I, I, you know, fortunately they left an awful lot of evidence of everything they were doing and lots of pictures of their faces so they've been picked up in pretty pretty fast order in terms of yeah, I've got to say sorry, not a, go ahead well sorry yeah I was just gonna say like I'm I'm not a fan of doxing culture in general but with both this and Charlottesville it actually has been really useful how mm -hmm. people on the internet you know have been able to say, find people yep. like identify people fairly quickly um Bellingcat has also operated a um kind of a dump for for archived streams and, and pictures and whatnot that people are now trying to scrub off the internet uh, and going through and identifying people and whatnot. It's been actually really impressive work that they're doing. It's also incredibly weird to see Bellingcat pointed at your own. <laughs> they, they are usually, you know, proving and documenting lies from like Russia and Iran Malaysia. They're not right. really pointing at the U.S. or Britain or something like that. Right. Um, 
see. So I, I do want to talk about the response to that because that's a big point of it. One of the reasons that it fell out of control is that apparently Trump was personally, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think through if there's a way I could phrase that differently, and I don't think I can. He was personally uh, keeping the National Guard from responding. He apparently didn't want them to have anything to do with it, which seems like you want them to win. Right. I mean, that's what you do if you want the mob to succeed. <laughs> it's not anything to intervene. Yeah. There were clearly shortfalls in the Capitol Police Force planning as well, but the non-deployment of the National Guard until later in the day was critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this brings up a, a point that Washington, D.C. residents would have reminded you of for many, many years, including at the Black Lives Matter protests this year. D.C. doesn't have control of its, its own National Guard. It has a National Guard. Uh, but the D.C. National Guard is the only part of the National Guard that is always federalized. Uh, the mayor of D.C. has absolutely no control over the National Guard for that is solely under the command. Um, every other state, the National Guard is under the control of the governor unless it's been federalized by uh, executive action, in which case it's under the president, which is part of the goal. Mayor Bowser in D.C. does not have that power, even though she is the top elected official in Washington, D.C., which is a fantastic argument for D.C. state. Right. Yeah. It also brings us to another bit of color on the guard here in that uh, it ended up being initially Virginia that sent National Guard troops into D.C. to restore order. Maryland was trying to, but, and here's the key, Maryland's governor wanted permission from the federal government uh, to have these troops go to D.C. Northam did not care. Um, I, I pointed this out in the group. I'm, I'm almost 100% sure Governor Northam of Virginia illegally invaded Washington, D.C. <laughs> right. Yeah, those troops were not federalized. Those troops were under his command. His authority only extends as far as the boundaries of the state of Virginia. Um, that That's Civil War Part Two. I mean, it, it was for a good cause, so I'm not pissed. But we now have states invading other parts of the U.S. in order to put down insurrections. That is not a good situation. Succeeded where Robert E. Lee failed. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, 150 <laughs> years after Virginia tried to burn down D.C., they were the one whose troops marched in to restore order in the capital. That's, That's right. a little bit ironic. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um, eventually, the Guard was federalized, um, and at that point, Maryland uh, National Guard groups came into D.C. to join the Virginia National Guard. Um, as we covered extensively in the group, though, Trump never did order the federalization of the National Guard. That was... Pence. Pence gave the order. Um, the Guard accepted the order. We've talked about this in the group for a while now, but Pence has absolutely zero legal authority in the National Guard. Right. He is right. nowhere in that chain of command. Not even a little bit. He doesn't have ceremonial power. He doesn't have anything. Um, 
that is not how the constitutional function of this country is supposed to happen. That, I mean, once again, I don't think I'm that mad. <laughs> that, that was what should have happened. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's so unprecedented, right? When you're, when the president is the one trying to stage a coup against the legislative branch mm -hmm. <laughs> to know what's proper or not proper for other people in the government to do at that point. Right. It occurs to me that's probably some leverage to get, try and get him to invoke the 25th, you know, in 10 days, he's not going to be anything. You know, he may very well have committed crimes in the course of assuming that power. He could probably be prosecuted for it. I, if Pence is prosecuted for something, I don't think it's that. Probably not going to be that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. And, and maybe like morality dictates we should prosecute for that. But at the end of the day, I'm thinking that was an action he did in clear conscience to do what was right by the Republic. And the fact that it was not how it was supposed to happen is something we need to look at. But I, I don't, even if Pence didn't follow the law, I don't think he did wrong there. Um, right. Which is I, a I think complicated that's... feeling. Yeah. I, I guess my point is more that by failing to invoke the 25th Amendment right now, he's arguably doing something wrong. Yes. I and that's, 100 agree that's that. some leverage that can be held over him to try and get him to do the right thing. And he is, I guess, moving more in that direction than he was before. There was um, a piece today that uh, Pence said the 25th is, is still on the table. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not getting rid of that idea. Um, and I guess Trump screamed at Pence that he wasn't his friend anymore. By the way, if we just want some absurdity on this story. Yes. The most pitiful aspect of the whole yes. uh, Everything has just been so pitiful and sad. Oh, uh, Pence's chief of staff has been banned from the White House, too. I uh, almost forgot about that. Right. Uh, in the fallout over this, because Trump is angry, Pence did not uh, help the coup. And yeah. counted the electoral votes and deployed the guard and did everything that was necessary to continue on with a president Biden. All the all the responsible stuff. <laughs> and all yeah. the ministerial stuff. All the yeah. stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And in that same vein, somewhere in that few days, Pence also said, you know what? I am going to the inauguration. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess Biden's campaign has um, extended an invitation to him because his office has said that. So, yeah. so yeah, um, is, I think the best we're going to get out of this White House in terms of <laughs> like in orderly secession. Um, yeah, Trump did a video where he said at, after he was chastised into it, um, after the coup attempt, uh, he did a video where he said he was going to, you know, allow the peaceful transfer of power. You know, thanks, bro. Um, and then he almost immediately, according to the New York Times, thinks that that was a bad idea, um, doesn't like that they made him do it, um, and isn't willing to accept that anymore. So I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had it flagged as like one of, uh, obviously an, in an even more serious level, but 
a thing we've seen him do multiple times. Like he was kind of cajoled into uh, cleaning up his statements after Charlottesville and then retracted it, you know, within a week. Right. I'm sure he hadn't been banned, which we'll probably talk about in a minute. (laughs) We'll already be retracting it like this weekend. Yep. Uh, I can't remember now. So let's just talk about the banning then, since Chris brought it up. <laughs> the most hilarious story of the week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trump and a- actually a whole host of the, the more treasony right wing media um, have been kicked off a number of platforms. Trump is now permanently uh, banned from Twitter. Facebook is banned, I guess, through biden inauguration i don't believe they said that it was permanent um he then tried to move to the white house twitter account no first to the president's uh the president's official twitter account the one that moves with who the president is Mm. uh, the potus account uh which twitter promptly suspended until biden has control of it then he moved to the team trump campaign account which trump uh which twitter then permanently banned then one of his aides, uh, one of his national security aides, changed all their information to be, you know, what President Trump's was, and then sent him the password. And Twitter banned it before he even like logged in. <laughs> <laughs> He's been banned off Pinterest and Spotify, the campaign account it's been banned from. Their SurveyMonkey account has been banned. Uh, the only major platform that the uh, Trump campaign is still up on is Tumblr, by the way. Um, <laughs> just if you guys want, want to laugh. <laughs> uh, as far as I'm aware, that is the only major social media where the Team Trump campaign account is still up. And they only post pictures on it, and they haven't posted in like six months. So <laughs> there is that. Um, Trump is furious about this. I don't know why. He doesn't need fucking Twitter. He's the president of the goddamn United States. There's not a station in this country who will not take him live just because he has. And even when he's not president, he'd still have that. Yeah. He might have lost that now by making himself such a liability and making himself so toxic. But yeah, I mean, 15 days from now none of this had happened. He could go on Fox anytime he wanted. Mm-hmm. He could go on any of the networks anytime he wanted. It's it's absolutely nuts how attached he is to that Twitter account. I do not get it. Uh, somebody pointed out that it's probably more about wanting to monetize the 87 million followers he has after the uh, or 187 sure. million followers he has after the, uh, the election mm-hmm. and now he can't do that. Uh, which might make sense, but I mean, come on, he has an email list that's got a rival. Nobody, actually. He's got to have the biggest email list in the world. Uh, Just because of how much more digital things have got since the Obama campaign, which used to have the biggest one. Uh, But, you know, that was was a decade ago. (laughs) The world is even more wired now. Uh, I have to imagine the Trump email list is just absolutely enormous. Uh, so why the fuck does he need a Twitter? He could email each and every one of his supporters if he wanted. He could go on TV. Any newspaper would interview him. I, I Although, 
I hear he's been getting cut off from that as well. Like yeah. at least some of his services for email are being shut down. Yeah, but that's just a convenience thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like that that's just a mass email provider. If he wanted to hire somebody to like do it himself, that's something that takes I could probably knock out some Python to take a you know, a comma delineated list of, of email addresses and then send a message to them in four hours. Sure. Like it it, it wouldn't be exceptionally hard. This is just a time-saving thing for him. Um, Mr. President, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be me, but... <laughs> somebody again. Uh, the... The conservatives on, like, Red State and whatnot are calling this the purge. Uh, this is really... <laughs> It used to be like Red State after the coup, but before Trump had been banned, was more or less maybe 50-50 on whether or not the coup attempt was a good thing. Uh, now they're 100% it was a great thing. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with their brains, but banning the guy who caused the coup has caused everybody who may have been somewhat against the coup on the right to now be totally in favor. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hanging the vice president is kind of out of line, but come on, don't cut off the guy's Twitter. Yeah. Freeze peach. <laughs> uh, in addition to the president, uh, Parler is going to be going off the internet in minus nine and a half hours on the dot. Um, <laughs> That's very well timed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at midnight tonight, Specific time, Amazon will be shutting off the pipes into their AWS account. Uh, Parler does all their hosting through AWS. Uh, Google has kicked them off the Play Store. Apple has kicked them off the, forget what Apple calls their stores, it's just the Apple Store. Uh, the payment processors that they were using have dumped their account. Their lawyers have decided they no longer want them as a client. Uh, Parler says they're going to try and rebuild, but they will be off the internet for at least a very long while starting tonight. Yeah. Which the is swamps where are starting to be trained. Train. By the way, um, yeah, they're out there openly calling for assassinations. Linwood, the president's lawyer, is wanting Mike Pence to be hung on on Parler and not given the phone. <laughs> I mean, nothing of value is lost from my perspective, so I don't know why they're all up in arms. Yeah. I mean, that's where they go to plan their crimes, damn it. Where are they supposed to do that? Yeah. yeah. Like, On their Tumblr? own goddamn servers? <laughs> Have we forgotten how to do this? The cloud is not mandatory. You can do your own shit. They're all taking courses and learning how to set up their own VPNs and... <laughs> I mean, there's literally a turnkey turnkey solution for that with a Raspberry Pi. There, there is yeah. a distribution perfectly set up so that you can connect to your own internet as a VPN from wherever you are. You you can host your own stuff. They don't. I mean, the fact that they don't know how, which is what I'm guessing is the case here, does not mean that it is impossible. Twitter or Amazon or whatever does not owe you a platform. You can make your own platform like they made right. theirs. Uh, I 
bet like the 20 something edge lords and 8chan people are going to be able to figure out how to make that happen but i don't think they're going to be able to make it happen for all of the you know 65 year olds that you know show up on hover rounds to these protests so <laughs> you said hn were you you talking about uh the news site uh yeah like the 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 dark internet freaks yes <laughs> okay those people are way more on slashdot than they are hackers. oh slashdot now yeah. All oh right. oh my god have you been to slashdot mm -mm. go if you haven't been in like 15 years it is going to blow your mind it is full of <laughs> literal fucking nazis oh my god yeah, yeah no we all moved to hn to, to hacker news just because slash got got so bad yeah no no is. i said eight eight chan yeah hn hacker news but no, yeah yeah okay maybe i'm, I'm misinterpreting that but yeah mm -hmm. um it is it is crazy i i had no idea like tech people were were such literal gobels um that should have been a warning sign to me because it's been bad since like 2006 or so. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about a bright spot, especially considering we just spent half an hour talking about a coup. Um, Democrats <laughs> won both Senate seats in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I woke up on Wednesday and I was feeling just fantastic and hopeful yeah. about yeah. what we would be <laughs> able to do with that. <laughs> it is amazing how quickly events can turn. But yeah, that was a really, really fantastic turn of events that I really would not have predicted. It wasn't even all that close in the end. Huh. Uh, both candidates are outside the margin for a runoff. They both comfortably won by more than Biden did, uh, much more than Biden did. In fact, I think Ossoff, who was the closest, ended up winning by like five or six times uh, Biden's margin. Even more. His margin's up over 1% now. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Warnock is right around 2%. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Landslide for a Democrat in Georgia. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, there were some interesting bits that I took from that. Uh, Warnock, I cannot understand how he did better than Ossoff when I look at the vote breakdowns. Ossoff had uh, a lead among the, the white suburbanites around Atlanta. He did much better than Warnock in, in North Atlanta, which is traditionally conservative, things like that. He also did uh, very slightly but noticeably better with black women than Warnock did. Ossoff uh, beat Warnock in uh, votes from black women by just over 0.25%, by like a, a quarter, or excuse me, by 2.5%. Um, it, I, I didn't see any standout like demographics for Warnock where he did better than Ossoff, except for rural white women. Uh, outside of the suburbs, Warnock did better with white women than Ossoff did. But it just, Warnock put together he was called on election night. It was clear he was going to win. We didn't have to wait for the mail votes, um, the mail-in votes, I should say. I know we're talking about gender, so I want to keep that specific. <laughs> um, 
but he ended up cleaning house, whereas Ossoff did not nearly the same extent. Uh, so I, I, I don't see how that happened, aside from maybe there were people voting for Warnock who just did not vote in the, the Ossoff race. That's the only well, thing I, th I could think of. I'll have to look, but I think at least the vote totals for vote, both candidates were pretty similar. Um, my assumption was that maybe Warnock did a little bit better among white men, would just be my guess. I mean, Leffler, of the two Republicans, Leffler was definitely the weaker candidate. Oh, you know, absolutely. she had never run statewide. I don't think she'd ever run any campaign before. Uh, whereas Purdue was an incumbent who'd gotten elected, you know, six years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure he'd been in Congress or something before then. So he was more of a familiar face and more of an established conservative who didn't have to pretend to be so far right the way Leffler did. So, I mean, he's definitely the stronger candidate. So I think you'd assume he would lose by less. But yeah, it's hard to kind of pin down the demographic where it really happened. Do you think the um, there was a bit of a, a late-breaking scandal in that race um, with Warnock where there was video footage of him um, apparently at the end of an altercation with uh, a woman who I believe was his wife um, mm -hmm. and he, he ran over her foot. Um, yeah. And it, it seemed like it may have amounted to something, but in the end it, it doesn't really look like it did. No, I think ultimately she wasn't harmed and it wasn't, I think it wasn't really something that he intentionally did. I mean, it was kind of part of an ugly divorce that he went through last year from what I gather. But uh, yeah, in terms of things that really moved votes and moved the way people thought, it's really hard to be noisier than everything that Trump had been doing in the lead up to this runoff, just all the screaming about how the votes were being rigged and Republicans weren't helping him and so on and so on and so on. And then finally, again, the weekend before the election, you know, getting you know, his call to the Secretary of State blasted all over the news about trying to get the election overturned one last time. Mm -hmm. that, that was also a, a late twist in that race. Yeah. Uh, looking at this, by the way, as a the the two party vote here, which I believe there was only the two party vote because of the runoff, there was no write in option, right? Right, right. It's a runoff, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the number of votes were within a thousand of each other. Uh, I just did the math here. It, there was slightly, very, very ever so slightly more people who voted in the Ossoff race than voted in the Warnock race, but it was under hmm. a thousand. Hmm. Yeah, that surprises me too. So just yeah, some more people voting for Purdue, I would assume, but uh, yeah, very interesting. Very slightly. Uh, in fact, I, I shouldn't have rounded down the tens, although I did. I, I just rounded to the nearest hundred, but um, they're only separated by by seven hundred votes. Uh, wow. To my math here. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it was almost the exact same number of people. Wow. But yeah, Warnock, I guess, put together the, the stronger coalition. Mm -hmm. um, although their their maps are exactly the same. There is not yeah. a single county that won one and the other did not. 
Yeah, it's a great map for Stacey Abrams, too, to think about if she decides to run again in two years. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this whole process has been taking a wrecking ball to the Georgia Republican Party. Uh, I think Kemp is, at least from the polls I've seen, he's facing huge deficits in popularity now because, Most you know, Trump's just Republicans. cratered him. Exactly. Um, I, I don't think it's as bad for the Georgia Republican Party as, as you do, Chris. I think it might be bad for Georgia at the federal level for Republicans, but the mm-hmm. difference between blue Georgia now and, say, blue Georgia in the early 90s is insane. The blue Georgia in the early 90s had just swaths of blue through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Democrats are very tightly concentrated. That is a state that it is going to be easy as shit to draw a map that keeps the Republican majority of the legislature for a century. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I would not be concerned if I were a state-level journalist. Like their their majority is not going anywhere. Slater, not not with that. Man. No, and they'll also be able to maintain, you know, the bulk of the seats in at the federal level as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but, I do think Blue Georgia for president and Senate is going to stick around for a while, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and possibly for governor. I mean, you know, oh, Stacey oh, yeah. Abrams Absolutely. isn't going anywhere. I, I do think, yeah, Dems have a shot at federal office and statewide office. They don't, it's going to be very easy to pack them into districts, though. Uh, yeah. The Democratic vote is not well distributed. It's very much concentrated around Atlanta and inside of Atlanta. There are basically zero rural Democratic counties inside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Fairly small uh, counties in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, just to get kind of circle back to the substance of this, I mean, what's really exciting is how much this is going to make possible. I mean, if we hadn't won these two races, McConnell gets to decide everything that happens legislatively, everything, period. That gets thrown out the window. So Biden can basically have a free reign for picking his cabinet. He doesn't have to worry about coming back with a second or third choice after McConnell rejects God knows how many of the people that had already been nominated uh, gets to appoint judges without, again, it being a major hassle. Uh, legislation may still be on the table as well. I was seeing that, uh, you know, people have, everybody's been flocking to Joe Manchin now because, you know, he's going to be the big decider on Senate bills. Uh, he's open to things like D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood. Uh, there was a little flap about where he was on the $2,000 checks, but honestly, I think he's movable on pretty much everything Democrats want. He just has to do it in a way that makes him look like the conservativist hippie puncher around. I, and, I, I think he ends up <laughs> at a $1,600 check to bring the total for this round. I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's where we're going to get our, excuse me, a 14 uh, yeah, fourteen hundred dollar check. Something that adds up with the six hundred. I think that's sure. Not bad. Um, right on. I mean, all kinds of stuff are on the table. I mean, real consideration of HR one from last time around. Get some real, you know, democracy promotion legislation. I mean, 
probably I don't know if we'll get as far as getting something like a public option. There's so much that needs to be done, but it's all possible. <laughs> and it would have gone nowhere. I'll tell you one thing I'm excited about, especially with, you know, a, a mansion, you know, ruled Senate. That's where we're going. Mansion has been incredibly solid on labor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's one of the labor union's best friends. Um, he's with them not just on the big stuff, but on the little stuff too. He's got a nearly hundred percent voting record. If, if we're gonna see something that starts to repair the the union space after Janice, um, I, I think they have a real shot at it with Mansion uh, kind of being the animating force in the Senate. Sure, absolutely. Lots of avenues for progress here. That and. Yeah, it gets to be a real presidency rather than just this kind of ghost-like half-presidency that would have been with McConnell calling so many of the shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it may be may only be that two-year window, but there's, like you're saying, there's the possibility. There are so many things that the House passed that mm-hmm. you can get the Senate to do some version of now. Yeah. I know it's probably likely that, you know, there's a, a fall off in the midterms, but I'm also pretty hopeful that maybe there might have been a fundamental sea change in a lot of things with this. Um, I don't know. I don't think the suburbs are ever going back to the GOP, at least not for a, a fairly significant amount of time. And I think that change is just going to keep going. You know, maybe they'll be able to do some stuff with some new maps, but the maps are already pretty bad. Uh, I don't know how much worse they could get that would you know, help save the Republican Party in the House. We'll see. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but... <laughs> It would be nice not to have one of those double-digit blowouts in the midterms for once. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to our our local angles. We do have a total of three of them this week. Uh, I guess we'll start up in, in Washington uh, and go circle back around to the coup here. Uh, Dan, you want to tell us what's going on up in Seattle? For sure. So, like everywhere, uh, it seems we all sent our delegations to the insurrection uh and a lot of them unfortunately were cops so big surprise there uh seattle police department announced yesterday that it's investigating two of their officers who were in dc amid the capitol riot on wednesday uh looks like there's going to be a full review by their office of police accountability trying to figure out what they were doing there and the extent of their involvement but yeah, I think that's that's a pattern we're definitely going to see emerging, um, replicated in a lot of other states. Uh, I think there's a legislator from West Virginia who has already had to resign based on his participation in the riots. I know that there was an Alaska legislator, who I think we've covered on some of his insanity before, who was also at the rally, uh, David Eastman. Um, I don't think if there's confirmation of whether or not he was with the group that actually attacked the Capitol, but he was definitely there for Trump's speech. Uh, he was the guy who uh, got censured by the legislature 
three years ago, I want to say, for uh, a bunch of statements about how women in rural Alaska get pregnant so they can get Medicaid flights to the big city to get abortions. I that so, one. yeah, that that charming gentleman who has managed to not get voted out in the two elections since. But that's that's the part of the state he's from. <laughs> The uh, the Seattle Police Department are they taking any steps to actually discipline or anything here? Uh, well, like I said, they've referred it to their Office of Police Accountability. Uh, I guess that would be the first steps kind of discipline. It's not like they're yeah suspended or anything as of yet. But it sounds like they learned it just in just before the weekend. They got the information. I uh, I heard from. A friend of mine still up in, uh, you know, that there was a, a prominent businessman that who took part in that too. Um, <clears throat> I haven't confirmed that myself, so I won't really say anything more about that. But people from strange places in society turn out to be total fascists. Yeah. 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 Like there have been a couple of cases of CEOs or, you know, private bankers or people charter, chartering flights. Right. To go to this protest. Yeah. Economic anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then we'll come down this side of the uh, Columbia. I almost said the Willamette. Uh, we had a, I, I guess I'll say a trial run for what happened in Washington uh, in the Oregon State Capitol on December 21st. The building was stormed by MAGA types who were you know, pissed off about what they think is a stolen election, plus, you know, all the COVID restrictions and whatnot. Um, now, this week, uh, video from the Oregon State Legislature surveillance video came out that shows a, uh, a right-wing GOP representative, his name's Mike Neerman, uh, walk out the Capitol doors, prop them open for the guys to come in, who take the doors from him, hold it open, and he just walks away lets them into the building, and this was how they were able to get in. They proceed to pepper spray the police to get them out of the way and uh, took over the Capitol for a few hours. It was uh, it was a scary time in Oregon, not as scary as what ended up happening in D.C., but very much in the same vein. Um, he's now, Mike Neerman, the representative, is now uh, in some serious trouble. Uh, Oregon is no stranger to uh, penalizing representatives when they do shit that is not cool. We had you know, them leaving state a couple of years ago in order to not allow a carbon tax to be passed. Uh, they're going to be stripping him of basically everything but his floor voting privileges. Uh, it seems they're not going to allow him to be seated in committee. They're not going to be allowing him to introduce legislation. He'll only be allowed the bare minimum constitutional standard, which is gets to vote in full floor votes. Doesn't seem like enough of a penalty to me, but oh, we'll see. Oh, also, Joey Gibson was one of the guys who came into the building right after this dude opened the door. For him. Oh, so, of course. If you, you want an update on where Joey Gibson is or what he's doing, on December 21st, he was storming the Oregon State Capitol. Because <sighs> fuck democracy, apparently. Yeah. 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 Just a little Nazi Forrest Gump. Jesus Christ, you're right. Yeah. All right, Chris. How about you? What's going on in Vermont? 
Yeah, well, we've had a couple of local tie-ins. Um, one kind of somebody who wasn't there himself, but subsequently was like boosting it on his social media was a police officer. And there's been pressure for him to resign. So that's kind of going on now. Um, then we had a whole charter busload of people who went. <laughs> and there's a, there's a couple of issues with that. One is that they were organized by one of the county Republican parties. So, you know, it wasn't even like uh, ScreamingEagle.net who got them together. <laughs> was an official representative of the Republican Party in the state of Vermont. Um, so that is certainly an issue, and I haven't seen as much follow-up on that as I'd like. That's actually something I'm going to get in touch with people about this week to get the Essex County Republicans to uh, publicly consider their current attitude toward that. Mm -hmm. um, the other issue is that this charter bus they took, one of the regulations we have now is that buses can only be at half capacity, but of course this one wasn't. It was packed to the gills. They all made a video on their way there, so we have like a pretty good idea of who was on the bus, and um, technically they should all be quarantining for two weeks now that they're back, but our quarantine guidelines you know, don't really have any enforcement provision. So some people who are who were on that bus have said like, yes, I will quarantine, but you know, it's not right to force us to. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we have going on. And our, um, our Republican governor also came out saying that Trump should resign or be removed from office. So there is that. Mm. Like I mentioned earlier, not a huge uh, act of political bravery in the state of Vermont, but still, he is a Republican, so it's notable. Uh, I guess since we're talking about Vermont, I'll squeeze one last story in here, um, because that also is a bit of a, a local angle for that. Both Bernie and Biden have now confirmed the story Biden told um, on TV three days ago that uh, Biden was was thinking about slapping Bernie into the labor secretary position, but they decided after Georgia, they, they can't risk it. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, no senators expendable right now. You've got exactly 50. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, I don't know how worried we are about Vermont electing a Republican, but do have appointment powers uh, pending the special election, and your governor is a Republican. So, Bernie's immediate predecessor was a Republican. So, yeah. And well, as I, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the biggest danger is that he might, um, Governor Scott, might appoint himself, and I think he could hold that seat. Yeah. Right. He just won the election by 41 points. He held the Democrats yeah. to 28.5%. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's insane. He gets Saddam Hussein like levels of the vote. I've said that a few times now. Yeah, he won election by 41 goddamn points. He but, did a couple of big things, really, you know, really big symbolic things. And I think that that was just it. 
Yeah, so I, I would be terrified of that, by the way. I think he could hold that seat for basically as long as he wants. All he has to do is not vote 100% with the Republicans and have a good explanation for the votes he does take. And I mm -hmm. think he could hold that seat for forever. Susan Collins it up. Mm -hmm. Goddamn. Yeah, that sucks. Reminded me of that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us, I guess. Um, we'll be back next week if the country is still standing, which I've said a lot now and starting to become actually a concern. Yeah. Have a good. Well, we'll see see the impeachment and everything after. Ah, uh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, they're no. gonna impeach him again. <laughs> Yep, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Night.